Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival. The 8th annual New York City premiere will be October 2023, along with the 5th annual New York Cat Film Festival before traveling the country, supporting local animal welfare groups. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at TracyHotchnerPets.com. I would not be able to bring you this show without the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. This show would not be possible without the longtime support from Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food. Other pet food companies may have copied them over time, but Waruva remains privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards, not investors who focus on profits. Of the many interesting pets and their people in Johanna Siegman's wonderful book, In Good Company, Notable People with Their Pets, which I, I still continue to recommend that you get because it's so full of revelations, the one that got me right in the heart was Ron King, who has started a donkey sanctuary in Mendocino County called Oscar's Place. His life was so different became, before he became the long ear rescuer, and I want to talk about that. Ron, it's wonderful to have you here and also to hear how you went from being this high-powered, fast-flying, executive New York City guy to a 75-acre ranch where you have a sanctuary for donkeys. It, it's, it's kind of a shocking uh, left turn or right turn or, or 180 turn or something. How did it happen? It is. Well, first of all, good morning. Very nice to meet you. And thank you for having me. Uh, I think shocking is the right word. It's been two years and three months and my head is still spinning. Uh, there are many moments every day where I'm like, wait, this is my life. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it, I was in media for a very long time. Um, specifically I was in magazine publishing and responsible for some of the greatest brands out there um, in style, uh, Southern Living, Coastal Living, Sunset, Essence, People in Espanol, a really great portfolio of seven wonderful brands. Uh, I left as part of the merger with Meredith 
Um, I took some time off because I'm a little bit of a workaholic. And uh, then I started, you know, taking some small jobs to figure out what I wanted my next chapter to be. Then COVID hit. Um, and as everybody, sort of my life as I knew it came to a standstill. And um, I, after a couple months of COVID, I got bored and was talking to a friend of mine who had built a very successful life for himself as a pop art dealer. Um, in but, L.A.? Uh, in L.A. Um, but, you know, what? I've never been that successful. But when you're that successful, you kind of have to run your life like a business. And so there were elements of his life that could use some of Ron King's business skills. So I said, look, I'm bored and I have <laughs> these skills. Why don't you let me, like, do some of this cleanup for you? Um, and so he happily uh, started working with me. And, you know, Phil wants his legacy on this planet to be one of animal welfare. And so he is involved in many, many animal um, charities. Uh, he's always wanted to do something of his own. He bought this 75-acre ranch in Hopland, California, to eventually turn into a farm animal sanctuary. And he put somebody here to do that, and that all fell apart. So there's a mismanagement of funds, oh. and um, they, they weren't really aligned on direction, and so that relationship sort of ended, and that person that was here moved to Mexico. So one of the first things Phil asked me to do was if I'd be willing to come here, work with the realtors, and sell this property because he's not going to be able to see his mission unfold. He needs to cut his losses, and he needs to unload this property. So I agreed to come out for three months. Um, I would never have done it if it wasn't for COVID, but nobody was going out to sushi restaurants. <laughs> Nobody was going to the movie theater. So I kind of thought I'm not going to miss anything, so I might as well go. So on October 1st of 2020, I showed up in Hopland. For three months, I was going to live in this house, work with realtors and sell it, and then I was back to my New York and L.A. media. High-powered. I just, um, just want to interject. You weren't like a fixer guy or, a, gee, I've, I've – a. I've helped people with real estate problems before. I mean, you were yeah. like at the top of the food chain, vice president uh -huh. of fashion, multicultural, and shelter groups at Time, Inc. I mean, yeah. along with CEOs of equally high-powered, you had people who did this for you. I think we want to say that, Ron. You yes, had people, yes. or as well, they say, you know, capital. When you're, when you're talking... Yeah, when you're talking about me, you could use words like high-powered and important, but when I'm talking about myself, it feels a little bit funny. But yes, I had a very big job. Um, I had about a $504 million line of business that I ran um, and giant teams of legal and accounts. Yeah, exactly. And you had people. And sellers and marketers. And, yes. yes. I had lots and lots of people. Lots of people, um, and now you were it, the now suddenly you were the people for this man who made a fortune right. selling pop art, wanted to do good, that's right. got basically, I mean, stiffed is a vulgar word, but somebody messed yeah. up his his dream. So you came in as like a bored, like high powered executive, not knowing what will I do next, and you must have yeah. fallen in love with the place. I'm guessing because you're still there. Well. So a number of things happened. One is I experienced serenity for the first time in a really long time. So wow. this is a gorgeous part of the world. Um, and I remember taking a walk on the property once and like being alone in nature and feeling serenity. And it wasn't an aha moment for me, but it definitely stood out. 
Um, because of course I'm in my fifties. So serenity means different things in your fifties right. than it did in your forties mm-hmm. and your thirties. And so I just sort of filed that away. Um, and then I had been having a conversation with one of my very best friends, um, is a woman named Evelyn Webster. She's currently the CEO of SoulCycle. And I was having a conversation with her and she was telling me to, she was encouraging me to find out what brings me joy. And I got a little bit annoyed with her because she had been bringing up this concept of joy for about a year. And I thought, I know what brings me joy. I mean, I lived a really crazy life. I was flying first class to London, to Milan, and to Paris for fashion shows twice a year. I never stayed anywhere less than the Four Seasons. Uh, I drove a Mercedes AMG. I dressed in Gucci every day. Like, I know what joy is. Um, And it was only out here when all of my mind and settled that I realized that there was a difference between things that I enjoy and things that bring me joy. And I feel stupid when I say that because I think most people know that those are two different things. I didn't know that. So at 51 years old, I realized, oh, I enjoy flying first class. I enjoy driving a Mercedes. But of course, those things don't bring me joy. So I stopped and I thought, when was I the most joyful in my life? Like, let's figure out how I can get joy in my life. And when I look back at my, you know, the last 30 or 40 years of my life, the times I was most joyful, I was having an impact on someone else. I was helping someone else. So it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. So I adopted a young kid when he was 11. And that was very hard for both of us. Um, But we made it through and I turned his life around and I was looking back. I was completely full of joy. Um, So that's when I realized that joy and impact for me are the same thing. And that that is different than enjoyment. Right. So that was a revelation. Now, that was my aha moment when I realized that enjoyment and joy were two different things. So then I started thinking, all right, well, for my next chapter, what are ways that I can have impact? Uh, and I was laying out by the swimming pool in a Gucci swimsuit, <laughs> scrolling, <laughs> scrolling TikTok. And I saw a TikTok video of a woman at an auction in Bowie, Texas, a livestock auction, and she was rescuing donkeys from slaughter, and she had nowhere to take them, and she was bawling in the video. And her sadness just caught me off guard. I have no idea why a donkey video appeared on my TikTok feed. I wasn't really an animal guy. I didn't really watch animal videos. Um, But somehow, this video appeared in my feed, and it spoke to me. So I Googled, why are people slaughtering donkeys? I read an article in The Guardian about the skin trade uh, for this Chinese herb called Ijiao that requires donkey hide, and we're slaughtering between four and five million donkeys a year to oh keep up God. with the demand of Ijiao. Oh my God. And then out in, by the pool in my swimsuit, everything hit me. I'm experiencing serenity. I now realize that joy has to do with impact. I'm on a property that was designed and meant for helping animals. And I have just learned of animals that are in need and nobody's stepping up to help them. And it all came together. And I thought, oh, wow. What if this is what I'm supposed to do? Wow. Um, and that, that day, I wrote a business plan on what it would look like to launch a nonprofit donkey rescue. <laughs> oh, my um, goodness. And then... That weekend, Phil came up just to visit me and check on the sale of the house. And we went to breakfast at a diner. 
And I said, I want to share something with you. And I gave him a copy of the business plan. And I said, I want to retire from media. And I want to open a donkey rescue. And I want to make your dream of having a legacy on animal welfare come true. I want to help you fulfill your legacy. Wow. And I'm going to become a rancher. And he will tell you that he was so full of disbelief. I mean, I got manicures every Tuesday. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I, I was as far from a farmer as you can imagine. Um, your story and, is divine, and the way you tell it <laughs> is so heaven. You're here on this ranch, which is basically abandoned, waiting for Mrs. Real Estate to show up. And you're even then yeah. still wearing your Gucci bathing suit. I think, yeah. you know, what's interesting is there's, there's a phrase that a friend of mine and I used to use about people living an aspirational life. And they were like magazine people. Whatever I saw in a magazine they wanted to have and own and do. Yeah. And you were the guy that gave them those somewhat hollow aspirations because you were the fashion magazine guy. And here yeah, you were. I, mean, I was both. It's, I was it's just amazing. And I was also living like that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Wow. So Phil said to me, have you even talked to this woman? Would she even bring you donkeys? And I walked outside and I Googled her and I found her phone number and I called her. And I said, if I do open a donkey rescue in Northern California, will you bring me donkeys? And she started <laughs> crying and she said, absolutely. Oh and I God. went back and I sat down at the breakfast table and I oh said, done. And oh about God. a month later, we opened up Oscar's place. Wow. And I realized once I got the business plan approved and I realized I was retiring from corporate and becoming a farmer, I realized that I had never been around a donkey in my life. And I had a panic moment because I was like, oh, my God, what if I don't like them? And so I got three donkeys, Goose, Pickles and Shadow, um, three babies saved from the auction pipeline. They came to me in December of 2020. I fell madly in love with them. And then the rest is history. We've been open for 27 months. We've saved over 220 animals. Wow. I have rehomed to very carefully screened homes, uh, 71 donkeys. That's and today big. I have 136 donkeys on property. That's big that you're able to yeah. do the adoption also to adopt out because yeah. as I've always felt when the Dog and Cat Film Festival travel and I pick a, a rescue or a shelter to be my beneficiary, I tend to veer away from sanctuaries, not that I don't think they're doing good, but it, it can become, without being judgy, a kind of a hoarding situation. Because if you have a yes, sanctuary, you don't know when to say no. And if you never find rehome for the, you can't really rehome a, a giant cow or something or a camel or whoever right. people are giving sanctuary to. But donkeys actually make fantastic pets. Everyone that knows me listening you know, Mona and Lisa were my mini donks after a childhood with Jackie and Jenny. So unlike you, I was really comfortable around donkeys. So I applaud yes. you for not only embracing a, a lot of challenges, you know, how do you take care of their feet? How do you feed them properly, yeah. not get them overfed? How do you introduce a new one? How do you get them from breaking out or whatever the issues are? But yes. the fact that you found homes for 71 is hard work, isn't it, to find the right home? Yes. And yet you're doing it's really it. Hard work and we're, it leaves sorry. room for more to come in. That's the important part. Exactly. So the business that that is one of the more critical parts of the business plan was that we were an adoption center. So our official name is Oscar's Place Adoption Center and Sanctuary. And adoption center is first. Nice. Because in a sanctuary, once you're full, you're full. That's right. And until an animal dies, you can't help That's anybody right. else. And so we we what we do is we rescue, we rehabilitate. 
first that means physical rehabilitation, then it means emotional rehabilitation, and then we rehome. Um, and I deny about 80 to 85% of my adoption applicants. I say no to most wow. people. Wow. Um, but the ones that make it through, it's a pretty strenuous pro- process on purpose um, because I don't want to spend my time doing follow-ups That's and then right. confiscating my animals. I would rather do all of the homework on the front end and then just know they went to a good home. And put the energy um, so into the next thorough. put the energy into the That's next right. animal who shows up on your doorstep. In New Hampshire, there's there's a, a donkey and mule rescue called Save Your Ass Long Eared Rescue. Now, isn't that the cutest name ever? Yeah. And they yeah. they have giant mules and mules and mini donks and donks. There's there's definitely that twenty percent that get lucky and get to have one of your donks. Yeah. There's a there there's donkeys a really avid uh, avid donkey lovers. They're easy to love. Yes. Well, and I'm I, part of my mission is to change the narrative around donkeys. So at this moment on property today, we are filming an eight episode TV show. Oh, my goodness. And oh, um, the CEO is still at work. Net- yes. It never Aren't stopped. you? Um, I think we'll be on Netflix in fourth quarter. Um, wow. And the objective of the TV show is to A, spread joy. And B, change the narrative around donkeys because, you know, Hollywood and cartoons have portrayed donkeys as stupid or stubborn. Yes. Um, and they're the exact opposite. They and are. I just want to change the narrative because I, I want more people to open their hearts to donkey ownership because so there's a scientific reason why donkeys are so amazing. So one of the biggest differences between donkeys and their equine counterparts, the horse, is the brain. So the part of the brain that processes emotion is called the limbic system. And a donkey's limbic system is the same size as a human brain. Wow. So they have a massive capacity for emotional intelligence. And so this is what makes them very dog-like. So my personal donkey is a donkey named Viejo. I go outside and I scream Viejo. I have a very specific way that I do it. Viejo. <laughs> when, I, when I call his name. Viejo comes running to me, and Viejo follows me all day long, just behind my right elbow. Oh, my God. As I do all of my chores. Oh, my um, God. So they are loving. They hug you. I mean, I get probably 40 donkey hugs a day. Oh, um, Ron. You yeah, are really are, living, now, you're uh, living your joy. We've run out of time, but please tell us the name yeah. of the Netflix series. I'm going to watch it over and over and over. It will be called Donkey King. Uh, because my last name is King. And right. Because, uh, Perfect. Yeah. So this is your story and, is incredible and it's still unfolding and you. still growing. And the photos in this book of you and the donks are just totally enchanting. So bravo thank to you, you and bravo to your partner, Phil, your, your business partner, Phil, yeah. for saying, yeah, go for it. I think what you're doing is yeah. incredible. And I can't thank wait you. to see the TV show. And I hope that people will get their first taste of you and the donks in Joanna Siegman's book, In Good Company. Notable people with their pets. These aren't just pets. They're more than that. But thank you so much, Ron King, for all you're doing for these four-legged beauties. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. 
This show is supported by Wonderside, a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective natural way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your pets and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients and gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and have been doing that for 14 years and answer only to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal, also privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative Dog Chew No Hide and the hybrid dog food Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky blue Weimarano Maisie will eat.